Hello, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Conversations at the Crossroads, an ongoing discussion about race and what have you in America. I'm Alvin Washington. The man on the line with me is Benjamin Stanton. And Ben, we've gone through some interesting topics that highlight some, I would say, decent things about race relations or, or race discussion in America or just trying to yep. get a get a get a look at how the other side lives as the saying would go. Well we come to that third rail in the discussion that <laughs> a lot of uh folks of the Caucasian persuasion seem to put a foot in their mouth every once in a while. Racist That's putting it putting it very nicely. Uh, it you very think nicely. <laughs> <laughs> Racist jokes and terms, or as they would like to add, of endearment, although I don't know anything about anything endearing mm. about this stuff. No. All right. Where do we begin? This goes even back to the heyday of slavery. Not even the beginning, but, but the heyday of slavery when print really started to drive in people's minds what the typical African-American slave was like, even though in most cases it's further from the truth. But because African-Americans didn't have access to the press at the time, Mm. they unfortunately were the target and the butt of a lot of these jokes, ranging from facial features to the way they moved, the way they talked, the way they sang, and just other mannerisms that would allow those that had the message to really propagandize stereotypes of African Americans. And because of those foundational stereotypical jokes, that's what led into what's known as the minstrel shows right around the turn of mm-hmm. the 20th century. Most of those being done in what was called, and then still, still in some instances today, blackface. Right. Probably some of the most derogatory stuff in the history of this country. But when you can't do anything about it, you know, you you as the butt end of said jokes are subject to people's ridicule of you. And not only ridicule, but in some instances, outright racist actions against you. Definitely. And if I could jump in, Alvin, I, Go ahead. I wanted to touch on why I, I think, and I'm not a historian uh, or an expert on this, of course, but um, my understanding of why those jokes existed, why they were told, why menstrual shows and blackface happened. I, and to, to me, it, it looks like it's something that to a world of uh, s- uh, slavery 
it was essential to maintain the illusion of what slavery needed, which was that there's this socially described group of people right over here that are deserving of, of all the things that could be had by society and this other group of people that aren't deserving for whatever reason because of, the, of all these you know delusional things that, that they had to say to make it feel okay to do this horrific thing and so the joke a, a racist joke just just part of that system of kind of hey oh yeah wink wink yeah, like we're, we're all in this together aren't we where we we know that we're that we meaning white people say oh we're we deserve this and we and and they don't and that's why they deserve to to be in the place that they're in it has been often said that racism is wasn't you weren't born with it it is bred in you and a perfect example today of understanding what that's all about there's a show called underground that's now on the Oprah Network. I uh, forget what day it comes on during the week. But it's set in antebellum America in the Deep South. And you get to see all those stereotypes put forth in ways that roots before it would look like a cartoon show. It's, it's that graphic. But it it, it gives you a, a strong sense of what we're talking about here. The N-word is often used, whether in a joke or a term. Now, I hear a lot of us in the African-American community say we take back the N-word and use it as a term of endearment. Right. But, but don't allow others to, outside of the diaspora to say said word and is I'm that right is that is that the right way to, to for things to be done do you think i'm of the mindset that is the if a word is wrong to use a word is wrong to use no matter who uses it you know yeah. you could you could talk about reclaiming the word all you want the word is wrong to use it's true, but it has such a different meaning. You know, it's what's I, it behind doesn't it. Matter. It does not okay. matter yeah, as yeah, far yeah. as I'm yeah. concerned. The word is wrong to use. You should not use it. When I hear a white person use it, and I don't hear this in real life that often, but I, I occasionally, and I, I know it's 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 still frequently used. Um, uh, but I, when a white person is using that, I I hear them grabbing for the throat i hear uh you know like reaching back into history and ripping out all of those horrible things that have happened over many many years and throwing it in someone's face and it's that, that's what i hear when i when i hear it so i don't know if that's helpful but it's, uh, you what, you're, what, you're literally almost on point it's it's as if even if in 2021 with all the advancements made, with all the strides made, you still have that segment of the population that still feels that it is still superior to you by saying those things. The Charlottesville, Virginia incident during the Trump administration really crystallized a lot of that. Yeah. 
because not only did they make racist jokes against black folks, they also made some anti-Semitic jokes and shouts and all that stuff. You know, and I'm like, really? Like you, you, well, you base you base your existence on this type of lexicon that makes you feel good, even though you know doggone well deep in your heart that your skill set ain't nowhere near most of those folks' skill set. But because right. well, you, you have this, you have this shield of this ingrained system of racism by by verbalization, uh, i.e., the racist jokes and terms. That somehow you have this leg up on somebody, right? And for for Charlottesville, to me, that it was sort of this moment where, you know, we all kind of knew those those ideas and uh, were out there. People were expressing them openly out there, wherever there is. But to see them all together and that is very alive and well in our country, I think that's shocking to a lot of people but but what it also represents is that that's that's maybe an extreme sort of version where people are willing to march with torches and you know and again bring up those disgusting parts of our past in a very real and current way but there's this idea of maintaining the white supremacy system that's more behind the scenes and a little and more subtle in some ways that the reason why it gets perpetuated because oh well you know oh, he used that word you know this white guy used the n-word oh, you know it's just he was just making a joke you know sitting around with with other white people whatever i mean you know it's just just a joke i guess you know but it's that idea that it's this kind of like oh we this camaraderie right this like oh you know white we, we kind of know the history here we know our place and we know their place and so uh, that's okay. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna step in and say anything. And that's 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 challenging. I mean, for me, it, I, and I'm not put in that situation very often anymore. But the times in the past when I had, I don't know. I did that. I did the right thing. I I I may have just not laughed at a joke, but I should have done more. You know. Well, as we continue here on conversations at the crossroads. I'm not sure if a a certain set of amount of pushback is enough or not enough or what have you. But the fact that you understand as a Caucasian that this that this system of racist jokes and terms is wrong and you're willing to understand why it's wrong and make the amends for it is is commendable, and and you're not the only one. I've I've seen a number of 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 our Caucasian allies out there that have made it a point to amend themselves in their speech, uh, and some even taking the the uh, great action to amend their actions as such. Mm-hmm. But the but the next thing is to and, and, and this will really put you in the mix of understanding why this this is is not right is amending what their friends do in the in their in their midst uh, accosting somebody that does totally different from them be it color wise ethnic wise what have you and 
ethnic racist jokes and terms are just as bad as flat-out racist jokes and terms against black folk. The reason those kind of, the ethnic ones kind of get swept under the rug is because of the obvious, the skin color. But there was at one time jokes and, and terms made against Irish people who when they first came over. You right. see how quickly that got swept under the rug. There were jokes made about Italians. You see how, how quickly that gets swept under the rug. But black folk, nah, nah. We're the we're we're the we're the topic du jour, no matter what. Yeah. And yeah, that's true. Yeah, those those are there, and those those other. There's plenty of groups of people that have, have been on the wrong end of, of of jokes and terms. But I think you're right. There there is a in America at least. I think there's a clear distinction, or there's a distinction at least because of the history. You know. Yes, Irish people were uh, not treated well uh, for a while. Italians not treated well, uh, you know, and and maybe they also for a time were not considered social. You know, socially weren't described as white. They weren't white. They were foreigners, uh, and so they were kind of put into this other category. But then they sort of became white somehow, magically, uh, whatever that means. But they also weren't enslaved. Uh, for generations and uh you know i think <laughs> the legacy of that is there's a lot of inertia there's a lot of inertia and it, it it's it's still with us what really gets my goat is when you confront one of these gentlemen or ladies because ladies do do jump out there foul too and you confront them with the very things they just said they can they resort to the thing I was talking about earlier with with African Americans using the N word as a term of endearment per se, or they just flat out say, "Well, what about blah blah blah? What about blah blah blah?" Okay, what about them? We're not talking about them. We're talking about this right here. These racist jokes and terms that somehow keep seem to fly out of your mouth with abandon are not right. They're they're derogatory. They are offensive. We ask that so you how, please how, stop that. Right. Is that how, how do you handle it? How what is that what, are you able to to say it that clearly? Cuz in the in the moment in real life that can be hard. And you're right. It it can. And sometimes it catches you off guard. Right. So my thing is and and I heard a wise, very wise man say this. It's not what they call you. It's what you answer to. Hmm. That's right. If if I'm hearing all this, that, and the third go on in an environment where I'm not directly affected by it, even though I hear it, my... My first instinct would be to just let it slide off because I already know what's behind it. And for me to engage them in reprimandary activity would almost, I don't know if defeat the purpose is, is the right f- 
phrase I want to use, but it, I would be I would be wasting my energy in some cases because they are going to be they're going to be what they're going to be, and they're going to say what they're going to say, no matter what type of pushback you give them. Right. Those, however, that are willing to be remorseful of their actions, especially their verbal actions, and are willing to learn, like what you are doing here on Conversations at the Crossroads, those are the people that you want to spend a little bit more energy on because right. because their pending conversion, as it were, hmm. may also lend it to future collaborations or or future teachable moments like like uh, a former president used to say yeah you know but you have to be willing to understand that you've got the problem of saying these things be be willing to hear constructive criticism and see and this is the most important thing be willing to amend be or based on that criticism and be more of an ally to the cause of trying to crush this long history of racism instead of trying to add to it. Right. Yeah. The the more subtle day to day things I think are are still very problematic and uh, and you know a, a white person can be pretty defensive about. Saying like, okay, no, come on, no, I'm, I'm an understanding. Look at me, look, I'm an understanding person. I understand, uh, you know, racism, and I'm, I avoid it. I don't use the N word. I don't, you know, say black people are bad and white people are good, and and this sort of thing. But, but then there's these these ingrained uh, <laughs> sort of understandings that we've learned indirectly through our experience, through maybe directly through uh, the way we were taught in school, certain words that were used, and and here, let me give you an example. So here, here's here's a good example of something that's I, I think in a different category than using the N word, but uh, might be diff is is a problem. So uh, let's say a white boss is hiring um, this is some uh, a pool. Of, there's a pool of candidates for a new job, right? And so mm -hmm. like, and he gets it down to the final two candidates, and he's talking with an associate like, well, how how, how do the interviews go? Oh, well, good. I'm not sure to decide between these two. You know, there's a uh, this guy. Uh, person one is uh, uh, a guy from just uh, down the street. Lives down the street from me, actually, and uh, I know his family, and they're good good people. And uh, then there's a uh, uh, the, the other candidates. Uh, it's a black man, uh, very articulate though, and. Uh, and uh, did a great job. So it's going to be hard to, to, to decide between the two. That's a conversation. That's a way of describing people that is not rare. And I, maybe people are becoming more aware of that, but it is, you hear that, you know? Well, so what? That might what be more think? common than you give it credit for. Yeah, no, I think it is. I mean, I think it's out there. The fact that. You hear the word black in a conversation like that. If more, nine times out of ten, immediately will disqualify that more than qualified black person against another candidate who the skill set may, may be just not even remotely up to par. But because you got that one word in there. What? Yeah. 
now we're absolutely now you're looking at a potentially racist situation well and what about the word articulate because that's i hadn't thought about the fact that the way i was saying that but you know to you me know. you know it's, it's like drawing us so, oh it, you're pointing that out i wouldn't have described the the same white person uh, you know same person with the same qualifications that's white as oh you know an articulate uh, articulate white guy you know i don't i think that's that's an attempt at a compliment that actually presupposes that the otherwise wouldn't be articulate. Now you understand what Barack Obama had to deal with. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yes, when, yes, yes. When Please, the late, yes, yes. when when late nationally syndicated radio host Rush Limbaugh had his series prior to the 2008 election called Barack the Magic Negro. This is one of the yes. thing. This is one of the 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 cold words that came up. Oh, he's so articulate. He's he's well spoken for, you know. And you and you hear that a lot from these older white gentlemen who've never seen anybody of Barack Obama's persuasion or Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s persuasion. You know, he's so well spoken for. He's he's so well mannered and like. Excuse me, there's a lot more of us that are this way. It's true, but it's easy to say. And, and you know, I thought you were going to, uh, there was a kind of famous moment in the uh, 2008 campaign when Joe Biden uh, described Barack Obama as clean and articulate guy or something along those lines. Uh, you know, that I think he, he's, obviously they may, you know, made amends if there was any problem there otherwise they wouldn't have had the relationship they they have had but uh, in, that, that in, that's an easy thing for him to have said that is problematic indeed and not only that but i'll even fast forward to 2016 at a campaign stop for donald trump he looked out to i don't know some black person that would happen in the crowd and this is another another nice cold word they like to throw in there. My African American. He wanted he cleaned that up real quick because he knew he wanted to say my N word. Hmm. But because he was on live TV, he said my African American. Like, yeah. oh really? So that's how we're going to play this today. Okay. Well, and the use of you know that's a little ownership too. My, you know, it's kind of mm -hmm. like there's. There's a little uh, hidden uh, inertia there. Uh, so, yeah, there, and there must be many, many more examples. So, we, so here, maybe, can you give me some advice? That, I mean, I know this is something I need to work on in my own social circles and and in the workplace. But when I'm in a room with only white people and something like that comes up, uh, I, I think I... I think I could handle explaining it the way I understand it, but are there any, is there any advice you could give me in that specific situation where I want to say something, but I don't want to, you know, come off just saying, Hey, you racist. I can't believe you said that you're a horrible person. I mean, that's not going to, that's not going to make somebody open to listening. Well, and, uh, so, sometimes you have to call a spade a spade. Yeah. You ha sometimes you have to to make them realize look that's not appropriate I'm sorry 
I don't care if we are among just white folks. I'm standing up for my friend who just happens to be the person that is that you're objectifying with your speech. And that's yeah. and 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 I don't approve of that. And you sh- and you as the person who I I would hope would be a fair-minded person wouldn't want that type of speech to come out of your mouth either. It's wrong. It's absolutely wrong. Now, yeah. now whether you say it in that particular sitting or you happen to say it in front of the person that they just said it to, you know, it it has to carry the same weight. It has to carry the same force. Or you're just flapping your gums just cuz. And believe me, folks in the diaspora know when folk are for real. Yeah. Well, that's tough. I and I, I think I do try to strike a balance in those moments, uh, you know, um, because I think I do want to resist because I guess the way, because I say things that have racial overtones or that are racist or at their heart racist that I don't mean to say I didn't, I'm learning more about the words I use and the terms I choose and I'm trying to be better. So if I, if I make a mistake and say something that is, you know is rooted in this problem i would i wouldn't want to be you know said hey ben you're a racist you're a horrible person he said that i I wouldn't want that even you know i I hope it doesn't mean i'm a horrible person i mean i may you know have racist you know inclinations just because uh, but you know i hope someone could say it in a respectful way but uh, you know that, that there's a kind of a weird balance in there because you don't want to underestimate, you know, you don't want to underdo it and say like, oh hey, that, I shouldn't have said that. I mean, it has to be clear, I think. And I don't mind somebody saying that I've said something that's racially problematic, as long as uh, I don't know. I guess it just depends on the moment, but it, it, it could be hard too. Well, the fact that you realize that it, you know, this is a tightrope of epic proportions you yeah. know when do i say something to somebody to let them know something is wrong with their speech do i not say it do, do i say it in a way that even though it may it may it may prick their soul it's meant to be constructive you know all those tight ropes that most caucasians have to walk because of the climate that we're in you know but but as long as you understand that the people that you're trying to defend you know they can they they have no choice but to unfortunately have their themselves under that thumb because everywhere they go they're going to hear it yeah you know when is, or when, when are the allies going to step up and say look you all need to stop that because this is absolutely offensive and inappropriate. You know, I want to go just real quickly to, you know, your image of this tightrope that a white person has to walk. And yeah, I think, I think maybe there is a tightrope you have to walk, but it's not very far above the floor. You know, it's maybe a few feet off the floor, this tightrope we're walking. So if, if we make a mistake and fall off the wrong direction, 
Yeah, we're going to bump our elbow and, ow, that hurts. But there's nothing that risky about it. I mean, you might feel a little bruised, but the, the you know, the risk really isn't that high to to step in and, and say, try to say something. I mean, you know? Well, if, if, if you've learned anything today, ladies and gentlemen, one thing is for sure. Speech is what it is. We have a First Amendment right in this country to speak as we choose. But do understand that that First Amendment right does come with responsibilities, especially of the racial persuasion, because there are just some things that you should not say about certain folk that are offensive to them, that that put them in a in a not so good light with others. And if you if you are cognizant of that, that's just the beginning. The real change comes when you're able to stand up and defend the folks that are marginalized against such speech. That'll do it for this edition of Conversations at the Crossroads. If you have questions, concerns, or would like to interact, if you're listening on the appropriate uh, social media or, or podcast system and they allow you to interact, go ahead and do so. We'd like to hear from you. Uh, give us some suggestions on some topics that you'd like to hear during these conversations at the crossroads. For Ben Stanton, I'm Alvin Washington. We'll catch you guys next time.